This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. Let me show you the title of our message this morning. And it is titled, The Power of God's Word in Your Words. Now, I know that many of us have probably heard a few teachings about speaking correctly and speaking the Word of God and saying what God says. And I don't want you to look at that title and think, well, you know, being there, then that got the t-shirt, but, uh, you know, let's endure it because we love you, Pastor Marco, and, you know, we're glad to be here. We love our church. And so I'll just, you know, <laughs> entertain it. No, I want you to receive what God has for you today. You know, God's Word is so multifaceted. I mean, you think about the grace of God. The Bible tells us that the grace of God, it calls it the manifold grace of God. Now, you know, the, the best way that I can illustrate that is if you look inside, if you open the hood of a car and you look at the engine, you'll see that the engine generally is in the middle. It's a big block of sorts. And on both sides, you see these pipes, multiple pipes that come into the engine and that lead to the exhaust. And that's where, you know, the exhaust lets out the burned gases and all that, that empowers the car, that propels the car. And all those sleeves, all those pipes that come into the engine, you know, that right there is just so many of them. And that's called the manifold. You know, there's a manifold on either side. And, you know, so when the Bible talks about the manifold grace of God, it's talking about the multifaceted, wonderful grace of God. And God's word is the same. It is multifaceted. Amen. It's manifold. And so today I believe that you are going to see something about God's word and the power and the blessing of speaking God's word. You know, it's something that I need to myself work harder on at or uh, not because I'm trying to earn or deserve, because I see the importance and the value of doing so. And so that's what I want to encourage you today. I want to remind you. I know that many of us go through situations. We may be going through a situation right now where we need a breakthrough. We need a change. We need something to happen. We need godly divine intervention in a situation. Well, I can tell you that this is probably God speaking to you today through my mouth and telling you, maybe, just maybe, you need to speak my word over that situation. And so we'll get into some of, some of the practicalities, uh, practicalities of that. I just don't want us to walk away thinking, well, you know, <clears throat> and this is unfortunately what legalism has done to speaking God's word. It's turned it into a formula. It's turned it into a method. It's turned it into a performance-driven practice, religious practice, where, you know, the more you say, the more you declare, the more it's going to happen. You know, some people call it name it and claim it, whatever else. That's not what I want to speak to you about. That's not where I want to go with this today. Today, I just want to show you what I believe, what I regard as a wholesome, healthy, if you will, way of biblically just receiving God's word making it your own, applying it into your life, and releasing it into your life. Amen. Words have power. You know, if you've been hurt by someone or something that someone said, you know that words have power. If you be, have been encouraged by words that someone said to you, by things that someone said to you, you know 
that words have power because those words encouraged you or those words hurt you. And so we know that words have power. Amen. And in the same way, God's word has power. And how powerful it is when we speak his word because then we are releasing his power. We are releasing his ability. We are releasing his promises into our lives. Amen. You know, it's one of the wonderful reasons why God has given us his word. Think about it. It's one of the reasons why he's given it to us. So we can make it our own. So we can apply it into our lives. And what's the reason? So that we can experience and enjoy all that God provides for us in Jesus. Amen. That's why he's given us his word. He could have given us recordings. He could have given us, uh, send us <clears throat> an angel periodically to remind us of what he has to say. Um, he could have, I mean, there's, he spoke from heaven when Jesus was baptized. So now and then he could just open up the heavens and speak to us. But he has chosen to inspire people through thousands of years to write, hundreds of years, to write his word, his scripture, so that it can be canonized, so that it can be put together, inspired, and so that we can know that it's His Word. And the reason why He gave it to us is so we can have something tangible that connects us to Him, something tangible that connects us to the supernatural so that we can draw from heaven, so we can draw from the supernatural into our natural and see those results and experience what God has provided for us in and through Jesus. Amen. That's why he's given us his word. And so I want to talk to us a little bit about the practicalities of that today and hopefully just reignite or add fuel to the fire that you may have about speaking God's word in your life. It is so important to do that. Amen. You know, some time ago, or I don't remember, I think it was when Gabby was a lot smaller. She was probably like... Uh, 10, 10 years old, maybe a little bit younger. And so I remember one day <clears throat> I was doing something and I was very busy. I was very occupied in my office. And she came in, she happened to walk past uh, and I saw and I called her and she said, yes, dad. <clears throat> or at that time she used to call me daddy. So, you know, I miss those days, but here we are. So, you know, I said to her, can you please tell mom? And I gave her the instruction uh, just because something needed to be done and I wanted to make sure that Helena remembered and you know that it came from me and so she she went and she said to her and Helena immediately just you know responded to that and said oh yeah thank you for reminding me and she did what needed to be done so when Helena received the message from Gabby she wasn't receiving Gabby's opinion she wasn't receiving Gabby's instruction she wasn't receiving my child's directive she was receiving my word and so she took it as my word and she acted on my word and my word released its power uh, because she executed what needed to be done. And so us as, as, as a team worked together in that way, right? I mean, it's a, it's a simple example, but that's what happens when we speak God's word. When we speak God's word, when our words are God's words, that's what happens it is His power being released. It is His instruction, His promise that is brought into effect. We need to understand and remind ourselves of that. And so let's begin by looking at Hebrews chapter 4 
and verse 12. We're just going to read the first part of that verse. And so let's have a look at it from the King James translation. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, two-edged is in the British English there because the King James is British. But you'll see it's talking about a two-edged sword. It's, it's hyphenated in American English. But it's the same thing. But notice there that it says that God's word is quick and it is powerful. Now, the translators use the word quick and powerful. And rightly so, because that is what it also means from the original. But it's actually way more than that. And I love the way the Amplified Translation actually translates and amplifies the same verse from the original. So what here it is from the Amplified, the same portion. It says, For the Word of God is living. That's what it means by quick. It actually means alive, living. For the Word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now look at that for a moment. It says that God's word is alive. It's living. So it's a living, breathing document, if you will. It's alive because it has the life of God in it, right? So his word is alive. Then it says that it is active. In other words, it is doing something. It's always working. It's always achieving, fulfilling something. Then it says that it's full of power. So it's charged up, you know, like a battery that we may have that, that we use for some gadget. For our smartphones, for example, have a powerful battery. Well, this one is, this is way more than that. But it says that it has power within it. And that power makes it operate. In other words, it makes the Word of God operate. It energizes the Word of God and it makes it effective. So what it says it will do, it actually does. And then it says that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was reading that, I was trying to think and say, okay, what is there that we know that exists in our world today that is actually sharper than a two-edged sword? Now, we've studied this before. We know that it's not actually a long sword. It's actually a dagger that it's talking about. But it's a two-edged dagger. And so I was thinking, <clears throat> what is it that is sharper than the sharpest two-sided sword, two-sided knife, dagger? And I couldn't come up with something except a laser beam. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I mean, a laser beam can cut through things that not even a blade can cut through. And so this says that God's word is sharper than the sharpest tool known to mankind at the time. So in other words, we could bring it forward to our time and say that God's word is able to cut through. It is sharper than the sharpest, the best laser beam available. And I don't know if you've ever looked into laser beams, but some pretty phenomenal things are being done with laser beams because they can cut in ways beyond our understanding. And this says here that God's word is way more than that. So the idea that it gives us is, is that it is powerful. So in other words, there is nothing in creation that can impact our lives like God's word can. Isn't that one way you can summarize what we've just read in that portion? 
That's what it's saying. It's saying there is nothing like God's word that can impact your life. And, you know, one of the things that we're going to see today and we've partly seen so far in what we've read is, is that God's word can lengthen your life. It can prolong your life. It can impart divine health to your life, to your body, your actual physical body. God's word causes us to prosper, the Bible says. And I'm going to show you all that in a moment. And so that is how powerful God's word is for us. That's why he's given it to us. And that's why he's also given us the... Um, he, he encourages us to speak God's word because when we speak God's word, we're actually speaking what he says. We are releasing his power. All that we mentioned here comes into effect when we speak, when we say what God says. Amen. So that's what we see right there as well. Now, <clears throat> I mean, so far from everything we've seen, everything I've said, we can conclude that the Bible is not just an, an ordinary book. Wouldn't you agree? It may look like it. It may be on your shelf with other books. It may, may be on your table, on your bedside table, wherever you keep your Bible. I know that most of us have it electronically these days, but we also have a tangible Bible. But God's Word is not just any ordinary book. If you have it on a Kindle, it's not just another ordinary PDF file or whatever type of file your device uses. It is actually the inspired divine word of God. Amen. It's powerful and we need to appreciate that. Now, like I said earlier, the Bible is our tangible connection to God himself. It is our tangible connection to heaven. It is our tangible connection to the supernatural. And that's why we need to value it and speak it because when we speak it we're actually tapping into the supernatural and releasing that into our lives now you may say well you know that sounds wonderful i've heard many preachers say that but i don't know if i've seen so much of that in my life okay let's begin with the most important thing salvation you saw god's word you heard god's word someone told you about redemption in jesus and they told you that you can receive it by faith through grace. And so you did that. And when you did that, you experienced that change on the inside of you. You know that you know that you know that you are redeemed, that you are saved and on your way to heaven. Right? Well, there it is. God's word, effective, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, causing you to be born again spiritually. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal, wouldn't you agree? So we've all experienced that already. And why is God's word so powerful? Because it carries the very life and power of God. And so it is well able to impact our lives completely and totally. Amen. Now, let's go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Something we're all also very familiar with. But we're drawing out principles now of speaking God's words. And I want to show you something as we uh, continue here today. So Joshua 1, verse 8. Watch this. God says to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Look at that. So I know that God is making a reference to the law. okay? Because Joshua lived under the law. But we need to understand that the principles we're about to see all apply to God's word in general. 
Okay, so don't get stuck with the law. Don't think, well, this is just for those under the law. So it's written for me, but it's not written to me. The principles of God's word are definitely written to us. And you'll see that. So even though in this context, God's specifically referring to the law, we need to understand that it's also the law is also his word. Now, yes, we don't live under law. We don't relate to God by law. But we understand that the principles of God's word remain the same. Okay. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. In other words, I mean, he wasn't telling Joshua to eat the pages physically or the tablets or whatever he had. He's telling him, you need to speak it, right? But thou shalt meditate therein. So how do you meditate? By speaking it. Day and night, in other words, all the time. It should be a passion that consumes you. That thou mayest observe to do now that's in relation to the law because the law was about doing it wasn't about grace that thou shalt observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success now just keep looking at that for a moment speaking god's word not just once or twice not just when you need it but as part of your lifestyle Speaking God's word, he says, will make your way prosperous and cause you to have good success. Those principles are still very applicable for us today because we still have God's word. We may not relate to him by law, but we still have his word of grace, right? The gospel of grace. And therefore, as we speak it, it will cause us to be prosperous and have good success. Amen. So, it's pretty powerful for us to remind ourselves of that. So, when our words are the same as God's word, prosperity and success follow. Isn't that what he said to Joshua? And that's what we can draw from that. Yes, we're under grace. Yes, we have the unmerited favor of God. But those principles of speaking God's word and having God's word in our mouth have not changed. Salvation is an example of that. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is another example of that. When we speak God's word, it happens to us. It causes us to prosper and have good success. Amen. And who doesn't want more of that? Who doesn't want more success? Who doesn't want more prosperity? We all do. Amen. And so we apply God's word to our lives by saying what God says. That's another way you can summarize what God just told Joshua. Now, let's shift gears a little bit and let's take a, a little bit of a deeper look into this whole principle, this whole aspect of speaking God's word, saying what God says. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verses 45 to 47. Watch this from the King James. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to Israel. So he was telling them what God told him to tell them. Okay. About the law in this case. But again, like I said, focus on the principles of speaking God's word. And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command to your children to observe to do all the words of this law. In other words, observe God's word. Watch this now. For, in other words, because it is not a vain thing for you. See? 
Some people will tell you, ah, why do you want to speak what God says? Are you one of those name it and claim it people? Don't go around speaking and saying what God says. You know, it's outdated. It's foolish. Just, you know, speak your truth. That's very common in this society today. Just, you know, flow with your truth. Say what your truth is. No, I don't want to say my truth. I want to say God's truth because that's truth to me. Amen. But it says, for it is not a vain thing for you. You see, too many believers, I think, have reached a place where they've been discouraged. You know, they saw it as a performance thing. And when it didn't happen to them, they quit speaking God's word. They actually speak the very opposite of God's word because they speak what they feel and what they sense instead of what they believe. And so, but it says here, he says, for it is not a vain thing for you. In other words, don't quit and give up speaking God's word. It's not in vain. Because, and here's the reason why, it is your life. And through this thing, ye shall prolong your days. Look at that. In the land, whether thou go over Jordan to possess it. Now, <laughs> there's so many powerful things that God speaks right there. But notice, I've emboldened the word thing in a different color. He says, for it is not a vain thing for you. And then he says, through this thing, you shall prolong your days. Right? So what I want to do is I want to show you the meaning of that word thing. And I want to show it to you from one of the original sources that we have. And in this case, it's a pretty powerful, extensive thing. I mean, you can really get into the study. But I want to show you the summary that the Brown Driver Briggs Hebrew and English lexicon has of that word thing. And it's going to, you'll see, that it doesn't mean thing as we know it in English today. Here is the word thing. There's the number if you want to go check it out yourself. And it is actually the word Dabar. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's something like that. So it's the word Dabar. And here's what that word means directly translated. It means speech. It means word. It means speaking. And then it means thing. Now, if you go and look, at up, look up thing, why thing, you'll see that it's talking about the thing that is spoken. So it goes right back to speaking it. It's connected to it. The things we speak is basically what it's connected to. But notice, first and foremost, it means it's talking about speech, about word, about speaking. So we could go back and, and read what we've just read when God said to Joshua, For it is not, vain, not a vain speaking for you, because it is your life. See, speaking it causes you to have life. And through the speaking, you shall prolong your days. Can you see that? That would have been a better way to translate it. But I can see why the translators put thing. Because thing encompasses what has been established by God as His Word. So it is talking about speaking what has been established. It's pretty powerful. And so that's what that word means. So we can conclude from having looked at that original meaning too. This is that when you speak God's Word, based on what God just told Joshua, when you speak God's Word, it is not in vain. In other words, it is not empty. It is not worthless. Every single time you say what God says, it has worth, it has value, and it's going to do something.
That's what God was telling Joshua. So he was telling him, tell the Israelites not to quit speaking my word. Because it's actually working. Even though they may not feel it, they may not see it right there and then. They may not think it. It is working. See that? Because God's word, anyway, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So when you speak God's word, it, it is not in vain. It always does something. Secondly, we saw there that when you speak God's word, you speak life. In other words, you promote positivity. You promote optimism. You promote hope. You promote well-being into your life. Now, why wouldn't you want to do that, right? Because that's what God was saying to Joshua. You speak life when you speak my word, meaning that you speak positivity into your life. You speak optimism, hope, well-being into your life. I mean, it's awesome. Some people don't have a lot of good things to say about us in our lives, but we can change it by speaking God's word. Amen. And then also God told, and as we have seen already in, in the other portion we read, that when we speak God's word, when you speak God's word, you extend, you lengthen, you prolong your life. So you add time to your life. Amen. So speaking God's word is not futile. That's another way you can put what God said to Joshua. Isn't that so? Don't think that speaking my word is futile. Speak it. And you know how serious they took it? Even to this day, you can ask any Orthodox Jewish person. When they read the Torah, how do they read it? They will tell you they read it out aloud. Every single time. Because they've taken this to heart. Because they know that it works. And you know, you have Orthodox Jews today who may have pushed Jesus away, but they're still speaking the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and it is happening and working for them. Why? Because God's Word will not return void. It is not a vain thing. Amen? How much more for us who are in Jesus? Amen? Praise God. And so I'm talking about speaking God's Word. I'm not talking about just knowing it. You know, sometimes we confuse the fact that we think because we know God's Word, you know, we know it in our minds. We know, you know, being the done that, I've read that before. Yes, I've, I know that story. I've read it multiple times. I've heard multiple. Pre because we know it, we think that somehow that causes faith to work. And it does to a degree. But God says here yeah, clearly, as we've seen, we need to speak His Word. It is when we speak it that we activate it. God's word is actually voice activated for us as believers. Amen. Because when we say what God says, we're showing that we believe what he said. We're showing the conviction that we have. Amen. And that's what basically in essence what it's saying. When we give God's word our own voice, we are showing that we've taken ownership, that we've embraced it wholesomely and totally, and that we actually expect it to work in our lives. Amen. I trust that this is making sense to someone. But anyway, Proverbs chapter, chapter 4, verse 20 to 22, from the King James. He says, My son, attend to my words. Now, you see I've got it in yellow there. It is the exact same word, dabar. In other words, Attend to my sayings, or more, more so, say my sayings, is another way you could put it. My son, attend to my dabar, 
my spoken word, my speaking word, the one you need to speak. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. In other words, listen to them. Let them not depart from thine eyes. In other words, don't just hear it, but also see it for yourself. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. In other words, let it penetrate on the inside of you and store it in there. It's pretty phenomenal. I mean, I remember the days of COVID when, you know, we had no idea what was going to happen. And the supermarkets were half, half the time they were empty. You would go and look for toilet paper. You couldn't find any. You would look for water, just plain water, and you couldn't find any. I mean, it was crazy how empty the shelves were. Do you remember those days? And so as soon as the trucks would arrive, I mean, I remember Helena telling me one day, saying, I'm going to have to go there early, early before the store opens and get in line if I want to get toilet paper for us because... I, I've been watching online, I've been seeing it, and these people are lining up before the time. And so as the trucks would come, as they would offload and put it on the shelves, literally the people within less than an hour would clear that shelf. Because there, you know, there were so many people that were paranoid. They had no idea when next they would be able to get those supplies. And so the store couldn't keep up with the demand. Eventually, as you know, many, many suppliers ran out of stuff because, you know, the ships weren't coming in and all that. You remember all that. It's shocking to think that we lived through a time like that, but we did. And, you know, I think about all of that and I thought, you know, how often do our hearts look empty, void? The shelves are empty because there's no word of God stored in there. And then when things happen, we run frantic. We're looking, we look on the inside, we can't find anything. There's not enough supply. So we go to external things, addictions, therapists, this advice. I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but because our shelves on the inside are empty of God's word, we begin to look for help on the outside, or we begin to look for those who may have the word of God in them. And hopefully we can, you know, withdraw a little bit from them. And, you know, God tells us right here, the key is to make sure that it's always there. Do it day and night like Joshua did and deposit it into your heart. Don't just hear it, but see it, but also deposit it into your heart. Make sure that it's stored on the inside of you so that when you need it most, you can just say it and it will be so. Amen. Not as a name and a claim it thing, but because you believe it, you've made it your own. Amen. I mean, that's what this is saying. Then it says in verse 22, For, and here's the reason why, you need to listen to it, you need to look at it, and you need to store it deep within you, in your heart. He says, For, because they are life. His words are life. His spoken word. They are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Look at that real carefully. We'll leave that up for a moment. Watch us. God's word is life because it releases the life of God, right? Think about the person the, or the people that you love dearly in your life. When they say, I love you to you, or do they not release that meaning to you? Well, this is releases the life of God. It says, for they are life unto those who Find them. Who's the those? And then it says, and health to all their flesh. In other words, health to their body. Right? 
So God's word is able to actually bring healing to our physical body. Just like certain medications do. Just like certain surgeries do. Just like certain medical treatments do. It says that God's words are able to bring health to our physical body. But notice the two keywords here. I've got one of them in a different color there. But I should have done the same with those. Because who are the those? And who is their flesh? It is those who listen to God's word, who see and look for God's word, and who store it in their hearts. Isn't that so? Now, I don't want you to think, well, this sounds like a little bit of legalism. You know, I'm under grace. You know, I don't have to do all those works and all that. Please understand, these are works of faith, not works of the law. This isn't something you do to try and earn and deserve. This is something you do because you have God's blessing and favor. They are works of faith. Amen. There's a big difference between the two. But notice, we need to pursue it with our ears, with our eyesight, with our heart. We need to store it in there so that when life's COVID tragedies hit us, you know, we have a storage full of God's word. And when we need life, it will release life into our lives. And when our body begins to fail or begins to complain or begins to say, hold on a minute, I don't feel so good. God's word stored in you will release health to your body. But it is those, it is their flesh. Those who hear it, see it, store it. Amen. Praise God. I know that I'm encouraging myself here and I'm motivating myself because I need to do this more. Amen. So when we speak God's word, it releases life and health to our bodies. We've seen there. So that, I mean, it's just pretty, pretty awesome. And the ones who experience this life and health in their bodies are the ones who hear it, see it, store it, pursue it, love it. It's part of their lifestyle. Amen. I mean, I'll do all kinds of things. And I'm not saying I've reached <laughs> the end by far. I, at least I've taken off. But I mean, when I think about my ingest, and, and I don't feel satisfied with it. Now, I don't feel guilt, shame, or condemnation before God because I've moved past that in my relationship with Him. But I want it. And so, I mean, I have the audio Bible on my phone. I have it on my USB drive in my car. I have it on my devices. I have my actual physical Bible. And every opportunity that I get, I'm either listening to it, I'm reading it, I am watching something that has God's Word in it. I came across this beautiful um, thing online. Uh, it's called Bible Screen something. I don't even remember the name. But all it does is it just scrolls through biblical verses with beautiful backgrounds on it. And sometimes I just put it on and just watch that. And just take my time reading it with this beautiful music because we need to get God's Word in there. And I need to do it more. Amen. We need to do it more. Praise God. Because that's how we experience life and health, prosperity, positivity. There's so many wonderful benefits to God's Word that we've seen so far already. You see, when we give voice to God's Word, which is what we've seen so far in everything we've read, when we give voice to God's Word, we experience the power of God's Word. Amen. I mean, you know, it's, it's like me growing up as a child. I mean, I know, I can tell you to this day, even though my mom is no longer with us, I can tell you that she loved me. I had no doubt that she loved me. She assured me. She, she displayed it in her life, in the sacrifices she made. But she would often tell me 
just how she loves me. And you know, I would take her word to heart and I still have it in my heart. I had no doubt that she loved me and she proved that she showed it, but I knew it was all, it all began with her word. Amen. And so how much more when we take God's word and we believe it and we take it to heart, will we see it happen in our lives? Amen. Now, I want to show you something else in that portion that we began with and just kind of finish explaining that. Hebrews 4 verse 12, the first part, you remember that? It's coming up again now. It says, For the word of God is quick. Now, you know that means alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, based on everything I've said so far, we could replace that two-edged sword, that two-edged word with two-mouthed word. Isn't that so? And I believe that's one of the applications that God intended when He wrote this, when He inspired someone to write this, is, is that the, the reason why there are two edges to it, because one, it is God's word that He speaks. And the second edge is when we take what He speaks and we speak it for ourselves. Now we have a two-edged sword that will cut through anything that we need to cut through, that we face in life. It is God speaking it. It is us speaking it. Amen. And that's when it becomes two-edged and powerful. You see, God has already spoken His Word. And so when we speak it for ourselves, it releases potency. It releases effectiveness into our lives. More so than a laser beam. <laughs> Isn't that so? Praise God. Praise God for His Word. Now, Again, let's switch gears a little bit more here as we come to some form of conclusion. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11 from the classic Amplified Translation. Watch what it says. Talking about His Word here. Okay, this is God speaking about His Word. He says, For as the rain, in other words, this is an illustration to show you something about my Word. For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens, and return not there again. Have you ever seen rain or snow go back up to the sky, to the clouds, into heaven? No. When it comes down, it come down, comes down and it stays down, right? And so it says in the same way, it says, For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens, and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In other words, the way water and snow turn into water and it causes the ground to flourish and the seeds to grow and produce so that there's a harvest and people have to eat and they have to sow more. In other words, in the exact same way, then it goes on to verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void without producing any effect useless. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Look at that real carefully. God is saying, just the way rain and snow, when it comes down, it doesn't go back up, and it actually achieves its purpose. He says, my word is exactly the same. When it is spoken, when it is released, it will produce, it will have an effect, it will not be useless, and it will achieve and cause the purpose for which I designed it to prosper, period. 
Amen. Those are powerful words. I mean, right there, God is reminding us of just how powerful His Word is. He's basically encouraging us to speak His Word. Because He spoke it. He released it. When we repeat what He said, it is still Him speaking it. It is still has the exact same power when He Himself spoke it. And He's talking here about in the context of us having His written Word. Amen. And so it is so powerful. So next time you see some rain, next time you see a little snow, we've had some of that in San Antonio. When you see that, remind yourself. I mean, just yesterday, I think there was some rain. There was some drizzle in parts of San Antonio. When we see that, remind yourself, this reminds me of when I speak God's word. It is exactly the same. It is going forth. It ain't coming back. It's not going back to heaven. But it's actually going to cause production. It's going to cause harvest. It's going to actually produce and be effective and do something. Amen. I mean, it is so important for us to speak God's word. When our words are God's word, or God's words, if you will, there's nothing stopping it because it's God's word. Amen. You see, so when we speak God's word, we are saying what God said. That's not rocket science, but that's what we see right there. And when we say what God said, it will have an effect in our lives and it will accomplish what God said because it is His Word. Isn't that so? Absolutely. So the way to health, prosperity, good success and long life is through the speaking of God's Word. And for us as New Covenant believers, based and established on Jesus and the finished work of the cross, God's grace. Amen. Like I said to you, it's works of faith not works of the law. It's very different. There are still works in the new covenant. There are still works under the new covenant. But it's works of faith, works of what I believe. That's why we do it. Amen. So whatever we may be struggling with in life, we should speak what God's word says about it. And we will see good results because it's God's word. Amen. More so, for us, because it is based on Jesus and the finished work of the cross. Amen. So God's word needs to become our word. Please tell your neighbor that right now. Say God's word needs to become your word. God's word needs to become my word. Amen. Let that be the slogan and live by it here from here on. Amen. See, what God says should be what we say. And in case you want an example, Jesus sets a wonderful prime example for us. We don't have time to go look at it. But remember, when he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, three different times the devil came with a temptation. And what did Jesus say? He said, it is written. And then he quoted the word of God that he had, that they had at the time. Why? Jesus could have argued. Jesus could have said, Devil, hold on. Do you know who I am? Do you know that I'm the Son of God? Do you know that I'm without sin? You know that I can rebuke you right now? You know that I can ask God for, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> innumerable angels to come to my aid? And he could have done all that. But what did he do? He said, It is 
written. And you and I need to do a little bit more of that. We need to say, when we face a challenge with our bodies, physically, health-wise, when we face a financial challenge, when we face a challenge at work with people, when we face a challenge with our children, with our life, we need to say, it is written. And then say what is written. Amen. Even if you have to look it up the first few times, but eventually it'll be in your heart and you will just say it. It is written. Amen. And that's what we are being encouraged to do here today. Now, I want to show you how important it was in the old covenant, this principle of speaking God's word and having it in your heart and speaking it when you needed it. It was so important that when God appointed a king over his people, it's one of the priority things that he told them to do. And in Deuteronomy chapter 17, part of what we see God addresses there is his giving governing principles for a king. In other words, a king who will rule my people, this is what I expect him to do. And amongst the first top priorities that he expects his kings to do, was speaking God's word for himself. Look at this in Deuteronomy 17, verse 18 to 20, from the New Living Translation. Watch this, it's pretty powerful. This is God speaking, giving those governing principles for a king. Watch this. When he sits on the throne as king, watch this now, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. So God basically is giving homework to the king. And he's saying, when anyone becomes king over my people, he needs to sit down and the priests are going to act like the teachers who watch him do his homework. And his homework is to write out for himself, not go to the copier machine, not cut and paste, not, not get, get a copy from someone else's document. He is to make a copy with his own handwriting for himself, of the word of God. Now, yes, in this case, it's a case is speaking about the law, but it's still God's word and it's still principles that are applicable for us, right? And so he says he needs to make a copy for himself. Then it says in verse 19, he must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. Look at that. That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God and obey all the terms of these instructions and decrees. Watch this. This regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way. And it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. So not only is it going to impact him, but it's going to impact those who come after him. Because they're going to realize the importance of meditating, seeing, depositing God's word in their heart. And that's going to cause them to be a successful king, a successful people, and it's going to bring prosperity, health, and everything else that God has for us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now those were the instructions for a king who was anointed in the Old Covenant by God, one of the few people who carried the anointing. We all have the anointing of God. We are called kings and priests in Jesus, right? How much more should we do that? 
And you know, that's one thing that I'm going to kick into another gear here because I'm so accustomed to typing everything. Well, if that's your thing, fine. But you know what? Start typing out God's Word. I actually came across an app a while ago that is, I think it's called Biblilicious or something like that. It's available on iOS. I'm sure it's available on Android. And what it does is it helps you memorize Scripture. It pulls up a Scripture every day, and then it starts taking away words uh, phase by phase until eventually it helps you memorize the whole thing. And then you need to type out the whole thing eventually. That's us doing exactly what God told the king to do. Amen. You see, this is how we deposit it into our hearts, how we get it into our hearts. Some of us know more about Netflix series and TV shows than we do about God's Word because it's stored in our hearts. I mean, I've heard some people binge a series five or six times because it was so good. They can tell you every scene, every detail, every way the actors were dressed. and the, some, you know, They can even quote the words the, the personality is going to say on the show as they're saying it. And I'm thinking, well, that's the kind of passion we need for God's Word. Amen? And I'm not saying this to make anyone feel guilt, shame, or condemnation. Not at all. I just want to enthuse us to reach and go to another place, another level, if you will, with God's Word in our hearts because it is so crucial and important. Amen? I trust that you've seen that today. These principles are true for us today. Amen? You see, God gave us His Word to bless and help us not to burden us with it. Amen? So if getting it into your heart feels like a burden, then maybe, maybe just we need an attitude adjustment about it because we don't, we're not seeing the true value of why God wants it there. Amen? This is why tuning in and joining us like this is so important. And I'm sure you've seen, more than telling, giving you my opinion, more than giving you a feel-good message and going into my stories and all that, I like to keep the focus on God's Word because I want that to get deposited into our hearts. Amen? And that's God's heart for us as well. God's Word in our mouth is powerful. God's Word in our words is powerful. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely so. Praise God, praise God. Well, I trust that We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.